You won't have to act like a dog without a bone now that we've thrown this podcast into the world. That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and asks the questions, which one's the best? I'm your host, as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my strange co-host, Alex Mildenberger. And our very special guest today, riding with us on this storm, none other than returning guest, Jesse Crossley. I love the ride. Thank Woo! you. Woo! How you doing today, Jesse? Ah, oh, wonderful. Wonderful. I am uh, joined here with my uh, black friend, my black Felix friend here on the table oh, yeah. now. Felix That's... is going to take a bite yeah. out of my MacBook, oh, maybe. Oh boy, can be careful of that. <laughs> Just come to say hello, hey, my purring friend. Going. So today we're talking about The Doors' Riders on the Storm. This comes from their last album with Jim Morrison, 1971. Riders on the Storm Riders on the Storm Into this house we're born And it's a real, it's a real Jim Morrison piece. This one, I think it's like if you distilled Jim Morrison down to one song, it would probably be this one. The man's obsessed with highways. He does like highways. He does love highways. But there's no Indians bleeding. Yeah, that's true. In this one, no mention of you know giant snakes. So, no. um, so Jesse, you requested this song. I did. Any particular reason for that? Um, no, not really. It just kind of came to mind, and I figured it was one of the songs that people have covered a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was curious to see if you'd take my suggestion, and you did. Yeah. So I figured, hey, why not? And I'll be a part of it. Yeah, you know, I'm a Doors fan from way back. Oh, always been. The first time I've heard the songs. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been called America's worst poet. Which, after looking at the lyrics for this one closely, I, I I'm pretty sure if I lived this state, I'll be the. I, 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 I I'll take that title. See where that comes from. Yeah, I think he's very full of himself. Yeah. Very self-obsessed. Very well, as we all know, he is a Sagittarius, the most philosophical <laughs> of the signs. Of course. Um, but he doesn't believe in any of that bullshit. He doesn't believe in it. But he definitely had some like philosophy background and tries to put it into yeah the the the, the lyrics to. That, various, that's actually a big part of what comes up here. Test. At least with some of the lines. Um, what else do I have to say about this? Really, I think what carries the doors, though, is uh, the instrumentals more than Jim. Although they, he's got, a, a, I would say, an interesting voice. I'd say, like, all parts of the doors kind of have a, a, an interest factor. Mm-hmm. So, like, as much as you may or may not like Jim Morrison's poetry, lyrics, and singing style, yeah. it's definitely unique. I think uh, it'd be a especially big loss without Jim, if and, you know, without that yeah, poetry, with, without, yeah. his, you right. know, without his vocals. I mean, as, as beautiful as the instrumentation is, and you know, Manzarek's playing, yeah. you you do need that that soul in there, and I think he was he was perfect. Yeah, and it, it seemed to I think Jim's presence really brought something out of Ray Manzarek because he even like to this day still talks about how incredible Jim was. Which yes, I've seen like interviews and he's like yes. talking about the songs. And he's like, and then Jim comes in with this lyric, and he's just <laughs> yeah. so pumped about it. Yeah. Well, not to this day because he passed away a couple years ago. Oh, did he? Actually? But yeah. um, like till recently. Yeah. Let's get <sighs> talking to this one. It's classified as psychedelic rock. Fair enough. Um, this, which I think, like, I agree with. This is a seven-minute track. It's like the longest door song next to the end, right? Which is pretty long as well. Long. Is that long. like nine some? Yeah, nine to ten, yeah. depending on the mix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it depends on what version you're listening to, right? Yeah. Um. What else did I have to fucking say about this? Yeah, it's classified as psychedelic rock. I always find there's a heavy blues influence with the Doors. Definitely, doors are pretty yes. blues. Yes. And I think like you could almost call this prog rock, except it doesn't really progress anywhere. It has the prog rock signature of being long, of being like five minutes plus, and having a bunch of solos. Yeah. 
but there's not really I like it all just kind of goes around the the one down 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 and the bass it's never a one changes. track kind of a thing right right the bass is pretty constant and like even though the the guitar and the um organ do have solos their actual like riff they play remains constant it stays with the next i don't know if that yeah. necessarily means it's not prog rock i don't know how you would define prog rock in terms of progression necessarily yeah i find like it generally has different like noticeable phases right yeah i guess so like beyond your typical structure of like verse chorus bridge verse chorus right bridge, and like, then i yeah. guess there's also like a lot of things like um time signature changes and right. things like that that you don't get in this song as far as i can tell mm-hmm. um that wouldn't be wouldn't yeah you can if it's all similar throughout there's not yeah that's not happening so what the what the wikipedia article pointed out to me a very basic observation that i never really noticed is that the electric piano on this it's a fender of some kind i believe uh, like a Rhodes. yeah no, something like that it, it kind of mimics in play style like rainfall oh kind of pitter patter yeah yeah very along with the sounds of rain and thunder in the background yeah, we get another yeah. 60s track, kind of like I think we're alone now, that puts an at- atmospheric noise. Right, some of the like sound effects, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it does a pretty good job of, of making this kind of a sinister track. Yeah, What do you guys think of that, anyway? Of, like, trying to do that? Like, um, It depends on... If, I, I'd say it's really a case-by-case thing, so yeah, I think yeah. it works fairly well here. In this, mm-hmm. I mean, like, in this song in particular. Yeah. yeah, I think it really sets up the atmosphere immediately. I can picture in my head... Like a stormy American yeah. highway, like kind of a desert, but it's like rain's coming, and it just fits instantly. The keys come in, and they're like, like not exactly scary sounding. They actually sound yeah. kind of soothing, but then it kind of sets True. the tone. But, but even of- if like just like for me personally, with how good, uh, how I much I enjoy this song, mm-hmm. um, it'd still be like doable without that. Yeah, well, like- several versions. Don't use the mm-hmm. the rain mm-hmm. and lightning. Yeah, and I mean, just just in off my head, like Garth Brooks did Thunder Rolls or something like that with his song, right? And he do all of that. And I've, and as an example, without that, that song would be even worse, right? This song is not the case. I think it like it would still hold its place, you know, within like with his viewers and whatnot. If it didn't have the sound, even effects. if it didn't have that, yeah, that's interesting. And I my initial thought is to agree with that because I'm I'm trying to think. It's really hard to say, obviously, but I, without I don't know that it needed them. Yes, mm. it is still like a nice, like visual um, added, you know, comfort or like the visual parts of it all. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to have that in there. But if they didn't do that, it'd still be okay. Yeah, I'm I'll curious. Um, they did. They've only performed. They only ever performed the song twice live. So this would have been like before Jim Morrison's death, obviously. Yeah, um, it was very close to it. Would it have been after the album came out? I imagine you know? it would be. Um, worth noting that a week after this thing charted was when uh, Jim Morrison died. Yeah, super soon. It was the last song he ever recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly the last thing he ever recorded was the like whispering background vocals. Because when he's singing, there's also another track of him kind of whispering yeah. the same. Yeah words and and that's supposedly the very last thing he ever he ever recorded was this kind of ambient whispering background noise that's it's pretty tragic spooky, which yeah. is spooky and it's, it's like it's <laughs> tragic before. alex it's kind of a spooky sounding song <laughs> yeah so they only uh, according to ray manzarek the song was only performed live twice on the la woman tour 
at the warehouse in New Orleans, Louisiana on December 12th, 1970, and in Dallas the night before that. So I'm wondering if there's recordings of those live performances. I should have looked that up and see if they actually put in the like the storming effects or if they just did instrumentals. Just instrumental, yeah. That would be interesting because I remember hearing something about The Who mm-hmm. and how they had some songs that they didn't perform because... They're like they had sound effect type stuff right. in them, and they wouldn't have been able to reliably recreate them because they would have had to use like what with technology at the time, which would have been like a tape or something, right? Which wouldn't have been reliable in that in the live setting, so they never did it. Mm-hmm. If only the uh, Calgary Orchestra was around at that time. <laughs> like just, just one of those like what are those like metal board yeah, things? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <is a> thunder crash. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So, should we talk about the lyrics for this song? We should talk about the lyrics. All right. All right, let's jump into that. So, this is uh, some, some classic Jim Morrison poetry. It's uh, pretty Jim. Probably the most talked about lines, or at least from what I looked at online, or is yeah. in the first uh, chorus here, where he says, Into this house we're born, into this world we're thrown, like a dog without a bone, an actor out on loan. Now, yeah, I had to look up the actor thing. Yeah. Mm. That one, according to Genius, is like actors would be loaned between yeah. studios. Well, I think we're back in the day, studios could like basically own actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because our, I, I don't know how it works now, but uh, I think not quite that. But um, so you'd have to like lend actors to other <laughs> studios. Right. That's, I guess, pretty basic. But yeah, so it's just like with, like an actor out on loan, you have no real say in it. You just kind of. I'm not yeah. sure of like how theater actors are done now too, right? Yeah. I guess we're not even talking about Hollywood, but what about other cases of stage actors and stage performers that could be done differently? Maybe it's still that same way. Well, yeah, I I only look at it from the from the Hollywood perspective, but I really think that, like you were saying, it's it's just someone being out of out of their maybe comfortable area yeah. comfort zone i think in a, yeah and I think in, in an unusual place and maybe they don't have uh mm. control over over that yeah because what we got to get into the concept here is because apparently the line um into this world we're thrown is a reference to uh heidegger the which i didn't pick up on yeah I... because i don't know philosophy <laughs> yeah no you don't know philosophy that well so morrison actually attended the uh florida state university in tallahassee florida and so in 63 he heard a lecture presumably on this topic the by was it by i don't think it was by heidegger okay i think it was by some other fucking guy (laughs) whose name i don't know or care to know so and it talks about the the concept of throneness which wikipedia tells me is human existence as a basic state other things kind of tell me it's about more like about alienation from your from those around you and kind of from your own life so i'm just gonna read some fucking quotes i got because it might do a better job than yeah please do because i don't have much understanding of what it is either so awareness and acknowledgement of the arbitrariness of uh dacen which is uh i'm like existence yeah Yeah. the german word for existence it's characterized as the state of throneness in the present with all its attendant frustrations sufferings and demands that one does not choose such as social conventions or ties of kinship and duty. The very fact of one's own existence is a manifestation of throneness. So is it almost like a like a chaotic thing? Does I like kind of counter to the idea of like destiny? Because I I think it it it's ex- trying to express an idea that people do have choice in their life, but maybe that 
w- the effect of those choices can is unknowable really uh, but i don't know if that's that's what i got out of it but i don't know if that's what it's going after because i really just kind of this is a very surface level understanding <laughs> because i really just read a couple paragraphs and tried to understand it and yeah so reading the first sentence again it says awareness and acknowledgement of the arbitrariness of existence is characterized as a state of thrownness. So awareness of the arbitrary nature of sort of these things and the things it lists are like things that frustrate you, just suffering in general. So like it's very arbitrary that like burdens are put upon you. Right. It's not for the most part some divine act. Yeah, so contrary to the idea of, like, you're blind because your parents sinned or whatever. Yeah, so it, you're right. It is about chaos in some way, and but it's about the acknowledgement, acknowledgement of that. of it all. And just kind of understanding right, yeah. that, I guess, existence is basically just fucked. Just, it's just the, it's a basic state. Or at state. least arbitrary. Yeah, and it's <laughs> completely arbitrary. And Not that we have it definitely used the word un, like non-deterministic at some mm-hmm. point. I th- I think that sort of uh, definition fits in with the rest of this song, which is about a killer on the road who sort of arbitrarily takes life. He is the arbitrary. Yeah, well, that's part of it, Mm because there's two verses, and the second verse doesn't really talk about the killer. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's kind of, I don't know if it's just confused topics, and maybe he's just throwing a lot of things onto the page, Mm -hmm. but I know, I mean... I, I did skim some of the stuff on Genius. It was talking about the idea of this serial killer who's uh, a hitchhiker. Yeah. Uh, who then, who killed some family. Yeah, yeah. That's references to uh, Billy Cook, I believe, is the serial killer. Yeah. As well as uh, Jim Morrison's own experience hitchhiking. Hitchhiking. Back and forth to see some girl, Mary something, yeah. who lived in the town over from Tallahassee. So, almost, maybe, is he just comparing himself to that? Or this idea of, like, Someone's picking him up, but they don't know who he is. Yeah. So he could be a killer. Because Jim Morrison also made a movie based kind (laughs) of on this. Oh. Called HWY, which I assume is just an abbreviation of Highway, an American pastoral. And it's... That was in, like... I think it's just like a feature film. Like Nobody's ever seen the full thing, apparently. Oh, really? So it hasn't been fully released to the public. And it's just some experimental film he shot with this idea of him being this lone traveler. Um, let's see here. I've got a quote from, this is the book, Jim Morrison, Life, Death, Legend by Stephen Davis. So uh, the quote is, Those solitary journeys on hot and dusty Florida two-lane blacktop roads, with his thumb out and his imagination on fire with lust and poetry and Nietzsche and God knows what else, taking chances on redneck truckers, fugitive homos, and predatory cruisers, left an indelible psychic scar on Jimmy, whose notebook began to obsessively feature scrawls and drawings of a lone hitchhiker, an existential traveler, faceless and dangerous, a drifting stranger with violent fantasies, a mystery tramp, the killer on the road. It's definitely an interesting idea of, yeah, tying in with everything we've said, hitchhiking, being out of your element, having to trust people, but also having to have people trust you, not knowing what's going to happen not having any way of knowing for certain who this person is uh and and yeah being in this strange environment yeah and having i guess your brain squirm yeah like, like a toad, a toad. Like like a toad. A toad. uh jesse what do you think about all this so far a kill on the road also being like a reference of what's happening in this time as well right mm-hmm. of, i mean that's certainly not time i think the word serial killer was kind of uh 
Maybe not, not, not existed, but it wasn't common at that time. Especially in times of like even like Ted Bundy, I forget. Yeah. yeah. When what, what, when when would that have been? Oh, that would be roughly in the mid seventies. Wouldn't it okay. be early seventies? Yeah. But like, I mean, I knew the idea of like, with, what was it? Ted was it Bundy? Was it that was one running running around in the seventies? Yeah, Ted Bundy was running around in seventies. Yeah, I remember at that time that really it was just it was the idea of fear of and. Uh, and police have never really experienced anything like this before. This was kind of an uncommon thing. Mm-hmm. Also, I remember um, at that time, there was also a similar case in Korea, and that uh, they didn't know how to deal with uh, these kind of issues. They, ha- they weren't prepared for it. So for me, maybe it's also part of that, of him speaking out of certain events happening in his time that still wasn't fully idealized yet. They were still like, you know, searching for these... Um, like almost like a new, it's a new age of crime. It's a new wave. Right. Or it's these individuals and they don't even seem to have like real goals. They're not doing it for money. They're not doing it for mm. fame. They're doing it for their own. It's, it's, it's a different kind of beast. Mysterious right? urges. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why this one also refers to Billy Cook, who was actually a hitchhiker who killed, I think about six people, including a young family. Which is where the yeah. the line. This is according to Ray Manzarek that the line. Uh, what's it say? If you give this man a ride, sweet family will die. Kill her on the road. Yeah, on the road. Yeah, and that all makes sense in the chorus. The first verse. It's about this mysterious, murderous hitchhiker kind of vibe. Like you don't know what you're gonna get out there on the road, mm-hmm. but something ominous is happening on the highway. Well, just imagine the fears of things that you know that. Is kind of unexpected too, mm-hmm. right? And those kind of times where, yeah, there there is no internet. You can't really just get this information. It's just a matter of you experience it or you don't. And that's that kind of uncertainty is freaky for anyone. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's also another way of looking at some of his work is kind of a reference of these kind of things happening, which we still don't have full idea of really what the extent of it or what it really is still. Now right. we can look back right and we could see about all these things that happened but in the time of when you're still ignorant of something you could really all you really have is doubt and suspicions of things yeah and uh he does a really good job here in just a short amount of time um contrasting the killer on the road to sort of the typical american dream family here take a long holiday let Mm. your children play yeah and so he directly places like the american dream in a sort of almost 50s light, because that's when your big road trips were popular, mm-hmm. to what he's seeing now in the 70s, this sort of emerging darkness. Or, I mean, it's probably always been there. That's all his work talks about this. He's still reeling from the fucking uh, traffic accident he saw when he was four years old. That was a horrible. Yeah. That must be a horrible experience. Especially, talk he was, about it a lot. Mm-hmm. He was what young? Like, was he under ten years old? Yeah, I, like that? I believe already was four years old. Four? Okay. Yeah. yeah so it's very young, and still, your mind is still like you still haven't fully de- like. There's even you haven't really fully developed as, even as a child. Still, mm-hmm. you're still very open to that. I remember. I think. Uh, I think even Manzarek talked about that of the whole thing with a soul jumping into another body and sharing. Two souls sharing one one body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they talk something about that, and could possibly be that Jim had some sort of experience in that sense, because like in some uh, instances in some of his performances, he'd almost take on another character, 
of things that he was, you know, that they had no idea how he would ex um, expose himself to act like an Indian, for one thing, for example, which he had no native blood. Right. And he would act in certain ways that people didn't quite understand. And where did he get the references of this from? And that was one instant. That was, you know, people talked about that. Maybe it's the fact that seeing a slaughter of, of what, of Mexican Indians, was it? It was, it, it, was, it was a truck full of workers? Yeah, I believe so, because he does talk about truck. And, the, the, of course, the classic line is Indians lay on Don Highway. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, ghosts, what is it? Ghosts fill the child's fragile, fragile eggshell egg mind. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I think he's talking about himself, isn't he? Yeah, that that was him. Uh, what kind of his interpretation of kind of what happened? And who knows, man? Who knows? That's <laughs> that's an interesting topic to talk about. Yeah, but it's it is kind of like it's daunting, but also quite frightening for anyone. Even if I experienced that now at my age, I would I would probably be very horrified it by be a lot it for see. a long period yeah. of my life. Mm -hmm. And for a child that's under five years old, how do you comprehend that? You just see it. You don't really know how to justify. I don't. I I wouldn't be able to justify really what happened. Mm -hmm. All I know is I'm just seeing. I'm seeing suffering if whoever was alive. And so there's a lot of. I don't know what to say about that now. Yeah, it's coming <laughs> back to I probably wouldn't it. have noticed it at all. You noticed what? Anything. I didn't look outside of car oh, you windows a lot. Oh, were you playing more Game like Boy? a Game Boy type person? <laughs> I mean. For my experience, when I lived in the Philippines, we were on a jeepney. It was a full jeepney. And we hit a child in the road. Ooh. I was in the middle of traffic. I didn't see it happen. But, I mean, just like you, right? I was, I was, I was with, uh, with my grandmother, and they sheltered me from it. So, you know, but I knew something was happening. Mm -hmm. But basically what happened was this child was hit in the road. We killed it. And the driver and the, I guess the conductor, the one who collects the money, got out. Pulled the kid on the, on the side of the road, covered him with leaves, and we just kept driving. Yikes. Wow. So that, that's my experience of that kind of, you know, at that state of death. Now, if I would have been, like, older or had more, you know, if I saw more or, you know, if I was more involved in that situation, it would, that would be a different story. For me, I knew that it happened. But I didn't really know the full story, and I didn't see it in my own eyes until I got older and I asked questions. Yeah. Do you have two souls? <laughs> Oh, I've, I seem to be uh, intact, so I think I may only have one or half of one, mm. but I think I'm okay. All right. But like just, a, to, just to like add to my one. experience or something like of that nature, because I was roughly yeah. around seven or six, I believe, when that happened. So that kid must have been roughly my age. It's wild. It's, that's, I guess, the sort of unprotected nature of the road. Like if uh, death happens in a city... It's very easy for police to get there, set up yeah. barricades. I lived Nobody's in a very like this. rural area, yeah. with, you know, with like just stretch of road, barrio style, right? With mm -hmm. little clumps of people living on on the main road, and a lot of times we would play on the road, but you only see if one, you know, a car would go by every five minutes or so. Yeah, if it happened, you just move off to the side. But for some reason, this happened to me that one day. Mm -hmm. In a way, I I I, uh, I thank my grandmother for protecting me from that. Yeah. yeah, that's uh. Let's talk about the verse that makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> All right, uh, the other verse. The, the other, other verse. verse. Uh, girl, you gotta love your man. Girl, you gotta love your man. Take him by the hand, make him understand. The world on you depends. Our life will never end. Gotta love your man. Supposedly, he was talking about his girlfriend at the time. 
Yeah, and they both cheated on each other a lot. So it was not a great relationship. No. Um, mm. So my, love me even if I cheat? Yeah, yeah well, if she was times. cheating on him, Two too. times. Two times. Two times, yeah. Um, the only thing I can get out of this is, is if you look at the, like, feeling of it, and if he feels, like, lost and isolated, it's maybe, like, kind of a cry out for help. It does seem like, to me, kind of a selfish verse because it's very like you got to solve this problem right you got the world on you depends or like yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's like it, pointing the finger someone yeah, else's responsibility it really seemed like at the very least they didn't have a very healthy relationship um <laughs> i don't know i wasn't there <laughs> just what it sounds like to me yeah so now it's it's almost like speculation now right mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, but that's my. What is he made to understand? Just that she loves him. Understand that you know. Make him understand. I sometimes I think it's just rhyme. Mm. But like, understand. I don't know. Understand himself. Understand life. Understand, understand that so, uh, maybe a, cir- a particular circumstance. Why did it? Right. Why did cheating happen? Maybe. Well, yeah. Part of me thinks that he sees himself as that killer on the road like we said he imagined himself as this lone hitchhiker right and maybe he's saying yeah like we've said in verse two you have to love me despite my clearly evil things i've done all the bad i've done to Mm. you um the world on you depends might be like their his world his world is what i thought yeah yeah Seems to be like I don't know. I don't want to throw out too much pop psychology words. Too many pop psychology words, but like <laughs> codependency type situation. Yeah, possibly. Like, even though they're cheating on each other, still feels like they need he needs to be they in need this it, relationship. Yeah, because yeah. our life will never end, which yeah. is different from my life won't end or your life won't end. Mm. It's, so it's our life together. Yes. Will not end. So you have to love me. So that's almost <laughs> threatening. He's like, I am not going to let you go. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a very nice verse. To no, me. and this is where, because Jim Morrison is a bit of a, he sexually assaulted Janis Joplin, I believe. Yeah. At least tried to. She kicked the shit out of him. Oh. She smashed a bottle, didn't she? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem like a super nice guy. But like you said, it's this weird thing because a lot of people view him as a shaman as well like he yes could, he had some otherworldly sight and it could be argued that such an ability would damage you because how do you handle that well speaking of shamanism <laughs> like if you guys ever read um carlos castaneda and his journey with uh with the yagyu engine what's his name again i don't know Shiza. but he was um oh damn i'm drawing a blank here boys anyways his experience with that shaman when i read the first book of that i'm like this man isn't a very good man just because he's got powers that he's trying to show you he's trying to pass on don juan mm, don juan's trying to yeah, pass yeah, on yeah, yeah. this training to him right until carlos became the next you know the next shaman right but to me, his journey, you're not going through a journey with a saint. No. This and, and the things and the tricks and the things they was doing to him, to me I was like, what the hell, man? Stop this. This is an innocent man you're dealing with. He came here for a different uh, a different view, and then you showed him something completely different. And then now you won't let him go. <laughs> and the things that you put him through, you know, he'll be he'll go, he'll go to the States, and then he'll come back to you know, he'll come back again to Mexico and he'll go through this again. But his experience just 
no matter how extreme it was, I still don't think that um, Don Juan really was that good of a person, even though he was a shaman. I mm. think he was also quite selfish to make that in order for it's almost like I felt that it's almost for me for me to pass on or to die. I had to pa- I have to make sure that my abilities go to someone else to continue on right. my work or whatever it is, right? Like no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, it's kind of a selfish way of looking at things as well. So just because you carry the name shaman doesn't doesn't make you almighty, right? Mm-hmm. Or absolute right either, mm-hmm. or, or even yeah, morally yeah, you're just. You're just someone who mastered or still you know mastering a certain a certain craft right and have given you that title mm-hmm. yes it's a very high title yeah. but it doesn't make you a saint yeah that's uh i think that's the right analysis of that <laughs> yeah i i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah leave that one up to you because i'm not i'm not familiar with that material it's beautiful if you ever get the chance it is beautiful but it's a scary ride as well even if you're reading it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, that's our, our lyrical analysis. Do we have anything else to say about the instrumentation of this song? Um, really, I just think it works pretty well, like I said, to create that sinister atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And not just because of the rain sound effects, but I, I didn't look too much into like... No, it's in like a Dorian mode, I think. E-Dorian mode. And yep. I don't remember yes. the specifics of Dorian, but I know it's a minor scale. And, I'm still uh, learning that on guitar, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's beautiful, but it's, also it's really simplistic. Yeah, it's got mm-hmm. a minor feel. Uh, um, that like the like you're saying, the bass line is pretty boom, 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 boom. But like it's, it's pretty consistent yeah, it's throughout. It's not a going. traditional walking bass line in terms of its structure, but in terms of how it sounds, it actually sounds like movement. You know, it's You lose a little bit of that too when it comes to the piano and stuff with the keyboards when it starts going off with a little bit of a solo. Yeah. You lose a little bit of that. Um, I Also the fact that I think that just since that the Doors only had like a limited group, they're not a five-piece band, six-piece yeah. band, there's always leave that certain air for space mm-hmm. right and yeah. uh that's the thing that's what makes this song really simplistic in a way for me yeah. it's simple but it's almost like i wouldn't have it any other way yeah and a lot of the times the guitar and the organ is just playing the same thing yeah, yeah. yeah. i think the organ's got a great sound and of course it's playing in that you know dorian it's got that it's still everything just has that sinister sound the guitar has got this like tremolo effect on it where it just goes mm-hmm. boom, boom, it sounds kind of like a kind of old west kind of thing. Ding, da, ding, ding, That's the other ding, thing yeah. they were talking about yeah. mm-hmm. uh, on on I think in the Wikipedia article was that it came out of they were they were playing Ghost Riders in the Sky. That's right. Yeah. Which I yeah we forgot to bring up before, which it does have kind of a western feel, and I think that's a big part of the like. Uh, but they didn't want to copy that full sound. They want something very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess Manzarek well, it gives came it up with this something. feel of like Americana, yeah. right? It's, yeah, it's got an American yeah, yeah. feeling, and that's big in in the the highway. Like it's it's basically the Wild West. Yeah, it's this untamed land that has a road. They've but got like a lot not of that else. in their songs, don't they? That's kind of one thing I really like about they them. They are. I've heard them called the greatest American band. I don't know that I agree with that. But, I mean, they are a very American band, I think. Yeah. I think they definitely achieved their, like, sound in a very, like, refined way. I guess it also depends on what era you're looking at. If you're looking at it in that decade, then maybe yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough title to, to say that now or even through the 80s, too, right? They're still... Mm-hmm. But the Doors are definitely the Doors, and they the have doors, their Doors thing, and they yeah. did it pretty well. Yeah. Yes. And it's like it. In some ways, it shouldn't have worked. Jim Morrison was a fucking mess. Yeah, like, he couldn't even when they started performing, couldn't even face the audience. 
shy. Man, that's wild. Uh, a majority of his lyrics don't make fucking sense. There's videos <laughs> of even him just looking at the band rather than rather than the audience. Yeah. You know, so. But somehow they pull through all that, and they they do have a unique sound that like it does sound very American. If you were to say like American rock and roll, that would be the Doors. Yeah. Mm. Which he uh, kind of calls rock and roll. Uh, two influences he pulls from. He says. Rock and roll was the synthesis of blues, black bl- blues music is For what sure. he calls it, and uh, folk music from Europe. And then he, this was like a 1969 Rolling Stones interview, and he was asked about like the future of music. So then he says, like, uh, the next step would be to synthesize those two and a third element. He's like, that might be uh, something electronic. I don't know. I could see one man up on a stage with just machines, a lot of tapes maybe. Oh, <laughs> interesting. I saw that a little while ago. So yeah. this is an interview with... I wasn't impressed. With Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> but it, this is, was this Jim Morrison talking? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, I've also heard, like, Ray Manzarek had kind of a classical... Had, like, classical training. So mm-hmm. there's a little classical in there, too. And, um... Well, yeah, I think you need Ray Manzarek just for these songs to have any musical structure to them. Because yeah. I don't think Jim Morrison knows that. Yeah, that was... And, and I'm trying to remember. I, I know there's some... I don't remember... I don't know a ton about the other band members about Robbie Krieger. Robbie Krieger. Yeah. Fucking... And Studio Basis. Studio Basis. That's, <laughs> is that his name? What's that his? <laughs> well, it, it changed almost every album as a different basis. So like a studio... Um, there was co-producer Bruce Botnick specifically Sorry, on this sec. one. If that's what you're looking for. My my thing closed out. I, I must have knocked it, so I don't have my notes right now. Okay, that's fine. John Densmore. John Densmore <laughs> is the other band member. Um, <laughs> I don't, but I know I've seen like, well, this is a jazz guy and this is a blues guy and this is so like they brought different styles. Is what right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It took me a long time to get to that point. Yeah, brother. <laughs> and we've kind of already said it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of said it. Um, my last notes I just want to say about this is the drums are really involved on this. There's a lot of hi-hat work and some fills and stuff yes. that really, I think, fill out the piece. These huh? fills really fill the piece out. Fills, fill in the... Hi, I'm a music critic. I say smart things. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else to say about the original? Or should we start jumping into these covers? Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get into in. this. I'm, I'm curious. Else? I gotta stop saying jump in. Emily's making a drinking game where every time I say let's, let's jump, jump into in. this. Let's jump into this. I want to mention his yeah. Because <laughs> he says yeah. yeah. Jim Morrison says yeah. He's known for that. And uh, sometimes other people That's, say that's why yeah they call him well. the yeah king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Annabelle <laughs> Lamb in 1983. Yeah. Let's talk about Annabelle Lamb. So Annabelle Lamb yeah. is an English singer-songwriter. This track in particular reached number 27 in the UK singles chart. Cool. It's her only hit. Her only hit. But uh, she was kind of interesting. I yeah. don't know too much about her. She's I a real working a musician. 80s synth pop. She did some like um, studio stuff, mm-hmm. like you just said when you said she was a working musician. But I this love is... her David Bowie hair, man. She's oh, got, yeah. got a real Bowie look. Like if she you look had, at that, she, the yes. album cover, it's yes. like very thin white Duke. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's very, some like yeah. that androgyny thing going on. Mm-hmm. I, I looked at the, the album. video. Wasn't was pretty actually pretty cool. Oh that. shit! Was there a video for this one? Yeah. I didn't see Damn. the video. I saw the video oh, and that no. and, and the splatter of red. You know, when like with the killer on the road stuff like that. Oh and yeah. That car would drive through. You know, like kind of like a woodsy area. It would hit a puddle and the puddle would splash the camera. It'd be like red and it was like, huh. Mm-hmm. You know, Should just simple it? little effects like that was kind of neat. Should we watch it? Should we watch it? Um. I just wanted to mention, like, I was listening, I listened to another song on her album, Once mm-hmm. Bitten. The song Once Bitten, and it has the line, my wife doesn't understand me. The first thing that he said, more song. So it's got, like, some of that androgyny mm. thing going on. Pro- see, probably influenced by, like, Bowie-type stuff. Bowie, yeah. yeah. And Reed. Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that whole movement. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, so it's electronic bass line on this. There's no rain or thunder. We still get the piano, though. That's oh, what we were oh, talking about and earlier. The, it right? opens with a, like a reverse piano chord sound. Ooh, yeah, like, bing, like it's yeah. got like a reverse sound that you hear in like uh, that other. But that goes back to what we talked about earlier, right? Is that sometimes you can still get that same energy mm-hmm. without the thunder and the lightning, or you know, and and yeah. the raindrops. You can still capture that edge. But this song, actually, considering for like the pace and how it's done, it's it's kind of got it. Yeah, like for it being an '83 like synth yeah, heavy I, piece, I think it's, it's I think it kind of nailed the, the energy and what it's trying to portray from the original song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's got the like, voice like, is not bad either for like for yeah, a female so doing it. I really the beginning. So, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, at the beginning she's got this like she's like riders, yeah, storm, <laughs> storm. riders. So like it's a little like '80s, but also yeah. like a little disorienting and confusing because she's kind of mixing up yeah. the order of the words. But also that's, storm that's riders spoken word shit is. 100% Jim Morrison. That's so Jim Morrison. (laughs) Storm. Yeah, and there's a guitar solo on this one that I think plays very well. There's a guitar solo. It is quite good in this. I want to hear with a guitar solo. This is, yeah, it's a fucking good version. I really like this one. It is one of my favorite versions of this. It's definitely more 80s. It's got a little Bowie DNA. Yeah. Like it's... Bowie haircut. Yeah. (laughs) It's hitting all the right notes for me. Kind of like a few different guitar sound. Like there's there's one like the one solo of the guitar is like a little more distorted. Yeah, got cool, Arr, gritty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like good effects. Um, we cut it down to four minutes. She does the yeah sound. <laughs> the low energy yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah. Straight yeah. Up. This is a good piece. Um, I've got not not a lot else to say. Should we move? Uh, hang on. No. At the end, it's uh-huh. kind of interesting, and I wasn't sure. I wanted to bring up. Um, there's like a brass sound. Yeah. Yes. Kind of some horns. I don't know if they're actual horns. I think it's. I think be it synth. has to be. Well, maybe it's synthesizer, but it's the early '80s. I don't really know what synthesizer technology was in the right. early '80s, so I don't know if they could have emulated horns that well. Mm-hmm. At the time, but it was well but it done. definitely it's got a pretty like it's it it was pretty convincing horn sound I thought yeah if it's not real but yeah then it's got some horns at the end it's got a definite and then like uh when was then, Tiffany's uh fucking because that had like fake horns on it didn't it oh did it I think these sound bad, more <laughs> yeah, horny like than that though did it sound more horny I think they did it's been a while since actually like gave a good thumbs up to a cover for what it's yeah just, it's not every time you do this show and you give it a thumbs up especially right like, off oh. the bat <laughs> yeah <laughs> so did you like the synth horns or potentially real horns or what was your thought on those my thought was. They were horns. They were horns. They were horns. Uh, no, I was into them. I was into them. Yeah. That yeah. was I, good. I don't have really much negative thing to say about this song. I actually no. quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Creed from the yeah, year 2000. Yeah, jumping right into Creed. Creed. 
Riders on the storm Riders on the storm Into this house we're born Into this world we're thrown So this is from the tribute album Stoned Immaculate which has a Colon the music of the doors. The music of the doors, which has a cover of Peace Frog by Smash Mouth. Oh man, I think <laughs> I've yeah. heard that before. It's basically it's like pretty straight. It's just got some record scratch noises in it. Should listen to that again. <laughs> um, so let's talk about a lot of people think Creed is a Christian band. I I see. I had heard is that. Is that from a true someone, thing? But they don't seem to be. So I've got I got a quote from. Or do Wikipedia. they start off? Okay, that. yeah. Please, the, please, the most reliable source on the internet. Please quote. Don't forget <laughs> to do your uh, quote voice. Quote voice. Band members have stated that while they may be Christians, they do not think of Creed as a Christian band. Bassist Brian Marshall, who named the band, said that Stapp uses spiritual imagery as a metaphor. Um, let me see if I got what Stapp's actual name is. Christian. Nope. It's, it's, I, think it's, I want to say it's Scott Stapp or something. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Uh, da, 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 da. Stapp! Stapp! <laughs> Confirmed this in a 2005 interview with Craig Kilborn, stating that Creed being a Christian band was a misconception that his beliefs unintentionally come out when making analogies and lyrics. So these guys are from Florida. And the two founding oh, members so went to Florida State Florida. University. Hmm. Which in Tallahassee. Jim Morrissey also it, went to. Yeah, it's in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's Scott Stapp. Yeah. Stapp. Nice. I kick ass at this. And Scott <laughs> <laughs> um, What else do I have to say about these guys? So in a Rolling Stone interview, it uh, claimed that Stapp's vocals were influenced by Jim Morrison. Just like his general vote. Surely a lot of now, rock and roll now, singers vote. Close your eyes and think about with arms wide open. Did you see Jim that's Morrison? So, just that's so Morrison right there, right? But Jim, Jim, how long have <laughs> oh you been in the God. studio? <laughs> so, yeah, these guys are formed in 1993, so their band's as old as you and I, Alex. Yeah, we, that happens sometimes. Like, I think Spoon was also yeah. in the same situation. <laughs> Um, they get a really Spanish-sounding guitar on this one. Yeah, it replaces the organ. Yeah. Yes. But, and it still has, like, there's still a guitar part with that, like, the tr- similar tremolo effect. Yeah. From the original. So I think they might have done some research on a certain type of, try to get, try to get you know, um, try to get that sound. You want to try to find those certain amps and certain things. You can, like, you know, trying to pull that sound. Mm-hmm. Still, I found it a little rough. They had the sound effects. I wanted to mention that. Oh, yes. yeah. They also yes. have sound effects. Yeah. Well, it's, it's pretty clear that they're the it's Doors It's a very fans. close yeah. yes. cover. I think it might be a teensy little bit faster, but not yeah. much. Yeah, a lot a of them it's... tend to be a bit faster, I guess. Noticed. I guess none of the other ones are, like, as long, as long but this but one is the closest. just in terms of tempo. Yeah. Like, they just kind of bump it up a little. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, we get keys midway through, even though it starts yes, out with the guitar Yes, they do come riff. in with the organ, and I, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that, because I was expecting no. it to replace the whole time. Or it might be an electric piano. I don't remember. And they definitely like when they get that second verse in that or verse, he like goes, Yeah and then like they just go way up. <laughs> You're gonna be talking about the yeahs on every song, aren't you? Yeah, well at, whenever they're there, yeah. Oh okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, whereas the original's just like spooky and almost haunting. This one's like I mean it's post grunge, it's mad about it, I guess. It's a little I mean, yeah, I mean they're a little angry it's about it. Very imitation like yeah. mm-hmm. just playing the song. You still get kind of that spooky feeling. Yeah. Just because you I recognize think it. If it's like in the right key, mm-hmm. it has yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And they did even yeah. do the. Yeah. Yeah. And 
they even do the sound effects. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he does that twice, by the way. Oh, good. Because there's two times where they like suddenly just jump up energy. Right. Yeah. And everything. So kind that of gets part louder. is definitely. It's not. It's definitely a different feel. Mm-hmm. Well, they definitely did a good job of kind of moving up and down. Creciendo. You need something to move in a song that's six to seven minutes long. It is long. And if it was just a straight cover, it would have been pretty boring. Yeah. Vocally, what do you guys think of that? No, like uh, at, first, at first, when I was listening to the song, it was just in my car. And I mm-hmm. wasn't paying 100% attention, but I was like, oh, it's a remix, like using a sample. At first. And I was like, hang yeah. on, this isn't sample. <laughs> but like, at first, I thought it was Jim Morrison, actually. Mm. Yeah. I don't think he sounds exactly like Jim Morrison. No. But at first, I did think it was Jim Morrison. Yeah, if you, it's definitely one of those ones you don't pay attention to. Like, that's Jim Morrison. Yeah. Like, hang but, on. But he's angry. This is an angrier version of the song. That's post grunge for him. And, and he he claims that we're riders on the storm. Are we? I don't know. Is the whole band riding the storm? Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Does that change the context of the song? Because Jim Morrison just talks about riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. Just some fucking riders. But are we all riders on the storm anyway? Is um, the riders I on the storm referring to guess. just like people in life? True, yeah, because then the next line is... the storm is blowing you everywhere. Into this house we're born. He's literally a drifter on the road. Yeah. Riding the storm, just being blown around anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, it's basically the same thing, just a little more clear. Fair enough. So, who's the riders on the storm? We are. are. So, what's your hot take on Creed? I... (laughs) Was around as a teenager at that time, and I've heard a lot of Creed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't too impressed with you know with a lot of their work, but this song kind of blew me off. Like it, it, it's not bad, mm-hmm. you know, but it does still feel like just like full cover. Yeah, you know, it does feel kind of like almost like a simulation of someone else's work. Yeah, it's like Diet Riders on the Storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is definitely Diet version, um, but it isn't bad. I mean, I guess it depends on like if you. Put it with all the things that I've heard from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I enjoy this song. <laughs> yeah, I like the song at least. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like just knowing that they're even misconceived as a Christian band for them to pick Jim Morrison to yeah. do a cover. Kind of show you that. Well, yeah, yeah, we're not really that. <laughs> but like overall, I didn't hate it. But I didn't like yeah. it that much either. Yeah. yeah, it's honestly not the most memorable it, version. It wasn't of this. very interesting. I, I skipped it a lot. Yeah, it was I also like the, the last version for sure. <laughs> it wanted one of the longest covers. Um, we're gonna talk about another long cover. This mm, is yeah. all right. So let's this is... jump in to that oh, one. Let's jump in. <laughs> Sorry, am I undermining your efforts to not say jump in? <laughs> yeah, you 100 percent are doing that. <laughs> it's okay. We should say it a lot, and then we'll know if Emily gets now really we drunk can listening. Hashtag jump in. Let's hashtag jump in to hashtag Nigel Kennedy, Tran Kong Hey, uh, Chris Goody, Peter Scholz, and the Prague Symphony Orchestra. Yeah, there's a lot. First of all. There's a lot of names in this one. I know, right? As yes. you may have noticed, because we listed them all. Prague. This is Prague Rock. <laughs> hey, hey. It's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's Nigel Kennedy <laughs> is a violinist. Okay. Tran, also a violinist, mm-hmm. I think. But, um, okay, no, I went to Vietnamese Wikipedia, which is not in English. And I Google <laughs> translated it. So, uh, uh, I didn't. This is my favorite. <laughs> I didn't know a lot, but there's an excerpt I wanted to read. Uh, <laughs> All right, hit me with it. He was uh, named the King of Scoops 
after winning a spoon contest, which I don't know what that means. Like spoons, like the, like, the instrumental I spoons. So. I hope <laughs> so. But maybe it's just a bad translation. <laughs> yeah. But he's the, he's the king of scoops. But it might be like... Like a sound? Like bending strings? Well, either that know. or he like, was a competitive ice cream. Maybe. <laughs> so he's the king of scoops. Um, so run with, like, that's Ed Tran? That's it. Tran Kwong Hai. Uh, Chris Goody. Couldn't figure out who he was. Yeah, that's Search a pretty generic name. A lot of, yeah, yeah. a lot of Chris Goodies. Uh, Peter Scholes had a website. He's a conductor and a clarinetist. He's mm. from New Zealand. From New Zealand. Um, and obviously the Prague Symphony Orchestra is a symphony orchestra for Prague. <laughs> hey! So I didn't, so even, I didn't even look that one up. I just, right. I just knew it. <laughs> I'm very knowledgeable. This, um, I don't like this version. I'm just gonna, this I'm one gonna lead on that. This one doesn't really feel very sinister. It definitely feels like an orchestral piece. Yeah. Because they really do a lot of things that make it orchestral. Yeah, they do the swells and stuff. Yeah. Dun, dun, it dun, feels dun. very orchestral. I don't think they tried to capture the energy in no. this. I think they just took the notes. This was probably, like, in terms of feeling, probably the most different. Mm-hmm. I think. And I think the most off the mark. Well. If we, if the original, if we take just the essence of the song and it's supposed to be sinister and kind of almost empty in a sense. Would you consider this like elevator music then? This is, I think, too <laughs> high energy to be elevator yeah, this is, music. It's, it's really I mean, I high energy. So, but it's, just, <laughs> it's definitely different. Mm-hmm. For sure. It has, um, yeah. The, the energy is completely not there. It's, 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 it is not, it doesn't really have the feel of isolation. But would you consider it's it? It's a room full of Would people. you consider it? Taking it as their own. Like, yeah, I, I suppose they do. Right. They make I it would say so. an orchestral piece. But I just think it it's like putting a fish on land and being like, <laughs> well, well, now it's a land fish. Really? You're like, it's dying. So now, <laughs> like, no, we made the land fish. <laughs> it's not going to go The land anymore. fish. But aren't we just land fish, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so... Yeah, I, I I do think it feels a lot different. Um, the, there's they, they kind of have a different introduction. There's no sound effects in this one either. No, there's no yeah, that, obviously, because no. this is there's entirely no instrumental. Yeah. Um, they they kind of have their own like very or like symphony orchestra. Yeah. Well, yeah, they could have chopped thing. this down to about three minutes. Honestly, uh, it was Probably. really long. The intro was forty five seconds. It was a bit long. Yeah. Um, they the bass part, the boo doo 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 gets played on a harp, I think. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Playing like a harp. And then they come in with, I don't know, the different sections are all playing the different parts. I, I'm not great at orchestra uh, analysis. Um, there's, I think, a violin playing the, the vocal melody. So, yeah. And then, like, solos as well. This, I think the violin's a little greedy in this one, honestly. Oh, they're yeah. Doing solos too, huh? And they're doing the vocal yeah. parts. I'm like, violin, geez, give the clarinet a shot. You give something else it some space It is his here. band, all right? He's this is, there's the two, also two violins like here. He's the focus point on it, so he's going to take over mm. almost everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's I playing think, Morrison. <laughs> so Oh well, yeah, there's like too many strings on this, I think is a good point. It, well it's pretty big. Yeah. Obviously yeah, it's, symphony it's, orchestra but you can get is this, bigger these than an orchestra. Other instruments in there. Like you said, give the clarinet some space. Let's yeah, less some, of a solo let's get some horns. It's a band but of three. Under, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's not like the doors the doesn't people. have experience with orchestral work. They had a bunch no, of horns and shit on have, soft parade. Yeah, they're well Tell versed all the in that. people that you know. And Zarek definitely has, you know, touches of, of playing in um, like orchestras, right? Yeah. Something? Yeah, so he's, he's had experience in that. And, yeah, it's almost like throwing everything you got into a, like a, into a simple piece. Yeah, and I wonder if, like, having a soloist... I, I feel like there's a way to create a sense of isolation in, in a symphony. And having a soloist would be a good way to do that, but the, it, I don't know, man. 
It's very big. It's a very mm-hmm. big piece. Yeah, but you can mm-hmm. even create foreboding or yeah. some kind because it just loses any emotion. Like, what does this piece make you feel besides there is an orchestra? Yeah, it's almost... That's what I felt about it. It was as if it was all the throwing so much, but it didn't try to capture the energy or the soul of what the song really was about. So it's almost like it, it literally missed its mark. Mm-hmm. I could hear this song and... I guess enjoy it for what it is. Well, yeah, they I are think, technically yeah. proficient. I think it's nice to listen to, like, devoid of any context. I think they do a fine job. Mm-hmm. But I do agree. It, it, it misses a, mm-hmm. a lot of the... Yeah. The, that atmosphere. The atmosphere, The question yeah, sure. I always try to ask is, why this song? Right? Why this song? Well, yeah, that is an interesting question, especially um, the album this is off of was, like... All Doors songs. Yeah. So is there like Doors Concerto? So it's just a bunch of Doors songs. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, they're using Doors songs to have some uh, like this this musical story. I'd be curious to see why this was. I think this was even the first one. Mm. Like this was the introduction. I'd have to double check that. But like I'd be curious to see why they use this one the way they use it in the place they used it. And I'd kind of have to look at the rest of the album, the rest of them all together, which mm-hmm. I didn't do this week. Yeah. Do you really be, want to? Well, I don't know. <laughs> You're right. It, it opens up the track. Yeah. So I don't know why. Oh, this, it's song one in the yeah, album? It's song one. Is the first song. It, it definitely sounds like, like it's a good way to bring someone in because it is so high energy. Mm-hmm. It's a good starting track the way they do it. But I don't know why you would necessarily pick Riders on the Storm to be the first song and do it this way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, considering like. Their first track after their first album, Break On Through, is a clearly strong opener. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Interesting. Especially if you want to like tell the story of The Doors. Mm-hmm. Why not start with not Break, like their last yeah. song? Unless yeah. it's like an overture kind of thing. But they still did it. It's not an overture. No, because they, like, they end with The End. Which is their Which last is off track. their first album. Yeah. Which I guess, I mean, the name makes sense. Do they go Break On Through the for end. the first song till the end. Which, it's beautiful. And yeah, I think the end would actually benefit from an orchestra. I think you could make a very interesting interpretation of that. That would, again, have to not be this weird, high-energy yes. piece. Take a, take a pretty low-energy piece mm-hmm. and really crank up the energy in an odd way. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Interesting, interesting choice. So I don't know that I agree. With yeah, there's a, I don't know. There's a, like a good version of this lost somewhere in this version, but it's not there, you know. Yeah, clearly there were talented people working on it. Yeah, don't have much else to say other than the ending kind of sounded like the scale they play at the end, a little Asian sounding to me. Yeah, and that's what I thought might be like some kind of almost Zen Garden version of this might work with more Asian instruments, some kind of influence in that direction. That'd be interesting. That's. I'm glad I'm not the only one who picked up on cool. that because yeah. I wondered if maybe that was just because I saw the name Tran and I was like, oh, Asian people. <laughs> I, th- I think there was something about that scale. <laughs> uh, any closing comments on this one, Jesse? No, I'm good. All right. <laughs> Let's hop on down the bunny trail to our next song, Snoop Dogg in 2004. Hey, yo, Jim, man, why don't you, why don't you kick some of that, you know? You, you know how you do it, man. It's a trip. People don't even believe we're together right now. But, but, but tell your story. You know the one I like. Say it for me. Dog in 2004. Okay, I can't believe I've never heard this before. Yeah, I'm sure. Really? Um, this. I mean, I guess it's from Need for Speed Underground 2, which mm-hmm. I did not play. That I didn't know. Yeah. I just heard the song before uh, of them playing it, but I didn't know exactly what I was. Uh, it was made specifically that. for the game. Yeah. But this is. I mean, it, it talks about like 
driving like cars. racing fast. Yeah. But also, okay, so the beginning of this song is Snoop Dogg talking to Jim Morrison and be like, "People don't believe we're together right now." Yeah. And then he's like, "All right, Jim, like, do your thing." Or yeah, he whatever. says, "Tell, Tell your story. story." You know the one I like. Yeah, say it like, for yeah. me. And then it goes into the hook, which is writers. And he kind of interrupts him too, and he kind of comes into it. Yeah, yeah, because he, he does some like backup like talking. He's doing me like ride, 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 ride. 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 So this is like riding, but like ride like a driving like mm-hmm. car. Yeah, this is something else. So it's worth noting that the remix is so the actual instrumental remix is by Fred Reck. Right. Red red. And so it gives it more of the like a hip hop rhythm to it. Yes, it's got a different drum track. Mm-hmm. Um but like over top of this like doors sample. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're kind of doing like they say things and like, yeah. Yeah. Well no, ride. Saying ride. Yeah. Underneath. And like the or even the organs come in. And then I think there's a yeah, but I forget what the yeah is now. There's a yeah. Uh, in this yeah, he one. does. Yeah, and I, I was like, "What song is that from?" Because I don't think it's actually from it's a different. Yeah, right. It's a different. Yes, yeah. there are different Jim Morrison samples in this. And the, song. Yeah, there's some that sound like they're not. They're that they are. Yeah, Riders they're like from, the from storm, different songs, but they're from like different. So cuts. like they come in a little bit later, but like so then Snoop Dogg does come in and he raps about the Lizard King. Yeah, he says with the yeah, Lizard yeah, King, King bumping in the back. How about that? How about that? Um. Yeah. So this first, <laughs> the first verse Which he I, has. Wait, sorry, that's like. A, Doors reference, so he is talking about Jim Morrison, I assume. Yeah, Jim Morrison, who had like a hundred nicknames, one of which was the Lizard one King. One of which was the Lizard King, and one of which was like Mr. Mojo? Yeah, Mr. Mojo Rising. Mr. Mojo, Mr. Mojo Rising. Rising. It's an anagram of Jim Morrison. It's an anagram of Jim Morrison. <laughs> um, so, in, yeah, in this first verse, he talks about, uh, he's coasting, Tester Roasting, <laughs> which is a reference to a vehicle, which, let me oh, see hey, here. I got the lyrics That is here. the uh, Ferrari Testarossa. Yeah, right. Ah. So he's doing 200 on the highway, fresh up off the block. He's dressed in black, uh, wearing his Pittsburgh uh, Steelers he's hat. He's a killer dressed yeah. up in black. <laughs> Um, so he's driving fast, is like most of the, the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then at one point, he directly asked Frederick, the remixer, to uh let him to like cut the instruments so he knows what he sounds like a cappella, yes, and he doesn't cut all the instruments, no, but anyway. <laughs> he cuts some of them, <laughs> he, he does cut some, of them. and he references the line like a dog without a bone, without his bone, he says, unlike a G without his chrome, referring to a gangster without a gun, right. it's hard to imagine hard the homie dog in the jag, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a Jaguar, which is a kind of car. This is a kind of car. Again, this is a car game. This, this is, is all about cars. It. Do you think Snoop Dogg picked this song just because it, it has the word dog in it? Um, That, but also possibly the rider thing. Riders. Oh, yeah. Storm. You know, driving, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, you know, anybody could rap over a song about riders. Snoop Dogg has the unique qualification of having dog in his that name. That is true. <laughs> it's a real double, double whammy situation. Yeah, he references a checkered flag. Um, I'm just too clean. I do it upper class. Get a bowl and roll and ride. I slip through the slip and slide. <laughs> slip right through. And then Jim Morrison sings some more. He sings yeah. it like a dog without a yeah. bone part. Well, that's the next one. It's semi implied that he's smoking weed with Jim Morrison. Yes, he does. It censors the word weed, I believe. Because he says, like, where is it? Um, oh, no, sorry. He says, I don't, it, does, it doesn't censor the word weed. I don't know. So he says, I'm thinking hold, of a different song. He says, I don't give a, cause oh, he couldn't yeah. swear in video games That's in 2004. Right. Damn right. So yeah, he, he references need for speed immediately in the, the start of the second yes. verse. There's need for speed. I'm trying to take the lead. <laughs> oh, it's about racing. Hold on little homie. Before you run into the trees, which trees could be a reference to marijuana. Could be, could be. And he says, I've seen things that I never would have saw before. Ayo, Jim, let him in, let him in. Open up my back tires smoking up. <laughs> Which yes. is a reference to both like doing burnouts and also doing burnouts and smoking that sweet burning, weed. Yeah. 
It's a, it's a, that's a, that's a cannabis reference. Yeah, and so for the rest of it, he's just like, I won't stop for the cops because I don't give a fuck. Hmm. <laughs> he, he does say he doesn't give a fuck. Wait, he says fuck. Um, yep. Doesn't censor it this time. I guess not. No, it does censor. It does it. censor it. But I think it, it, it probably just kind of like I've got the genius lyrics. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What do you guys think about this one? Uh, this was so entertaining. I love <laughs> it's, that it's... he's pretending that he's talking to Jim Morrison. <laughs> yeah. and Jim Morrison's just like there with him and like sings the hook. Yeah. In the car. So this was fun. I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. The premise is absurd. Yeah. They're like, we need you to make a song for a racing game. He's like, he's you got like, it. Got it. I'm gonna throw a door sample in there. It's gonna be like six minutes long. Uh, and I'm just gonna talk to Jim Morrison for half of it. They're like, okay, Snoop. <laughs> and that's it. We're in. <laughs> yeah, and then like, hang on. Oh, yeah, and there's a few like, uh, uh, Jim Morrison says away in India. Oh. And he also says, let's ride woo. Wait, that might not be Jim Morrison. <laughs> Is that an Asian reference? <laughs> Oh, I was gonna say is that a Wu Tang reference? Let's ride Wu. And so, Away in India is like a Doors song. Is it? But I think they only played it live. Okay. Because I looked it up and I could only see live recordings. Mm, that makes sense. So he does say that at some point. Um, there's some neat production. I like. There's like a kind of a muted guitar playing. Yeah. There's some interesting. I like the remix more than I like Snoop Dogg's verses in particular. <laughs> yeah. I mean. They're insane. They're very, like, made for the game Need for Speed. Speed yeah. Underground? Underground 2. Underground 2. Not undercover. Underground. Like, they're bananas, but, I like, that being said, I also would never want them to be removed from this. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange thing, and I like it because of that. <laughs> Jesse, what do you think? It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I, it's fun. That's all I'm going to say. It's, I've heard worse. Yeah, like coming yeah. at it, I was like, I'm going to fucking hate this. <laughs> but I'm just Actually, like, no, I didn't. It was, just, it was, it's goofy as hell. Yeah. Like, play some, and it's, like, just, it's dicking around and putting, you know, at least, uh, at least Morrison's in it. And there's no. not someone else pretending to be Morrison singing it. So it's, it was hilarious. Yeah, it's a, it's a wild ride. And a lot of people have like a lot of love for this just because it was in Need for Speed 2 Underground 2, two right. the sequel. Two. <laughs> two, two Need, Two Speed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't play that game, but I, I could see, you know, if, if I did play that game, I would absolutely go for this song. Oh, hell yeah. And try to see if I could crank it. <laughs> crank it. See if I could crank one out, you know? <laughs> song. Oh, Alex, always crank one out. Uh, should we take a dive into Magnus Carlsen, 2009? Riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. Into this house we're born. Into. Yes, let's fall downwards into that next song. Yeah. Um. So we got some kind of. I, I and the Moonray Quintet. Oh, okay. Sorry, that's the name of the album. Magnus Carlson and the Moonray Quintet. He's a Swedish guy. That's mm, all I know about him. Good. I forgot to look this guy up. Apparently. Yeah, I just saw that he was Swedish. Um, I really like the instrumentation on this one. This one's very like jazzy, mm-hmm. kind of, and like kind of almost chaotic. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of like sounds and noises happening. Yeah, like horns like, jumping in so at like, random times. It's a pretty long intro too. Isn't it? It's a pretty long intro as well. Yeah, and the horns just like, like doing like little like riffs and stuff all around, and it seems very unstructured. But like maybe it's clearly something. Like they know what they're doing. They were trying to make. But yeah, it felt very chaotic to me. Yeah. 
in I, I think a good way because I, I don't did believe also, there was like, any synthesized storms or anything. Yeah, with I didn't either. Pick I up on no, no, they, I didn't get any though. of that. Huh? They had woodwinds. Yeah, because there's like an oboe. Or oh, like okay. A okay. bass clarinet, maybe. I don't know. It's a woodwind instrument playing the boo doo 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 Oh yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. It's they use the same instrument. I think almost the same like notes in the intro to Demon Days. The Gorillas album. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's fucking driving me mad because I kept hearing it in this song. I was like, "Where the fuck have I heard that?" <laughs> I have to check that out. Actually. Yeah, check that out. It's uh, it's really good. Um, I didn't like his voice though. I didn't like Magnus Carlson. Um, I didn't make too much note of his voice. It didn't bother me. It was too smooth. Yeah, I was. I'm with too you smooth? on that. It, it's smooth. Um, I guess it maybe. I think it's because it's what he, mm-hmm. he did the best. Of what he could based on his vocal range, right? But it definitely softened a lot. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't have the deep voice. Um, it's still considered, you know, slightly psychedelic in a way. Mm-hmm. I think even though it's got a lot of horns in there, but I think it's still the atmosphere in this song is pretty close. Yeah, I think. Well, by going for this sort of Buck Wild instrumentation. Instruments are just kind of coming in and out. Yeah, yeah. you get a very uh, like psychedelic and chaotic feel to it, which yes. I think takes from the original, takes some of the idea of what that is, and puts it in a new context successfully. Yeah, I think so. Definitely, that chaos um, lends itself to that idea. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about riding on the storm, getting blown around. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. There's a lot of different like there's an EP or organ or something playing some chords but it's like really quiet this is this one of the songs is a good example of owning a, like a cover song yeah. yeah rather than trying to you know duplicate something's been done or at least you know we're trying to try to sound like the doors this is definitely like taking it and then owning it yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of tempo's sounds. a little bit different than this there's one. a lot of different yeah. sounds in this yeah. song yeah the well there's like a it's like bongos playing yeah little, little there's like a lot of different things going rhythm. on so that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. Although I don't know how close it is to the original. I, I didn't uh, pay attention. Obviously, less cymbals. Yeah, like the, the original is much more focused on the hi-hat and just kind of working that yeah. and then doing just fills. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but this is, uh, what would you kind of call these kind of drums? I mean, is it, I put Mediterranean. Am I just pulling words out of my ass? Mm, I don't know. It's definitely like hands drumming type deal. Yeah. Um, it could be like. There are yeah. hand drums in it. I'm trying to like, I can't like picture them. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I, I was, because I know I was looking up. No, no, that's for the Santana version. We'll yeah, get, which has similar drumming. We'll, we'll get to yeah, that in a bit, boys. That's more like. <laughs> we'll get to that Almost one. Caribbean. Yeah. Like um, South America. Yeah. So yeah, I think like the voice isn't a, a no like a deal breaker for me, but I think yeah. I think I think he's not a bad singer, but it's not doing anything. This is also one of the one. ones I noticed right away of uh, with "Sweet Family Will Die" with "Sweet Memory Will Die." That's this right. Is one of the right. ones he changed yeah. up changed on that. It. Yeah, he's one of the ones who which, changed it. Which I I have heard that, like listening to the original version, that's what I thought the lyric was. Yeah, or at some points because not having looked it up. Um, yeah, it's an interesting line change because it, change it changes it from being about a literal death of a family yeah. to being like, you, if you let this man in, like, you're going to see such horrors. Such horror. Yeah, it, it is it's, a different interpretation of, yeah. of, 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 of Morrison's words. It'll kill your sweet memories. Kill your sweet memories. <laughs> and it may, like, he may be talking about future memories, perhaps, and that, like, it's going to kill. you'll be dead and you'll you will be dead, have no more and, memories. And also your family will be dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I honestly don't know. I don't know if no. it makes sense to me. Yeah, this is one of the first ones to do that, I think. We haven't noted it in any of the other ones. No, and guess least. what? He says, yeah. 
No. Yes. And it echoes a bit. It echoes, yeah. He's like, it's yeah, gonna, yeah, He's going to send for it. <laughs> so that's important. All right. We're going to just just leap straight into Rathfunk and Gush. I might slip. Might, let's, let's slip into Rathfunk and Gush. They're called these days, I think, Gushy and Rafa. Yes. Because I, I, I was looking it up, and I was looking up Gush, and it was like, Gushy? Okay, fine. Yeah. Gushy? gushy whatever. <laughs> so um, uh, she's Argentinian. That's Gushy. Gushy. And, and Rafa is from Italy. Italian. They, they met in Argentina, Buenos Aires, in like 95 or something, I think. They've been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, their website was, it looked cool, but not all the buttons worked properly. Yeah, it wasn't great for yeah. navigating. Unfortunately. But it looked good. Um, so I didn't get a whole lot of information on them. Yes. Um, but this one is a little more electronic. Mm-hmm. It's from Amnesia Ibiza Sex Session Chill Out from 2009. That's the album. It's a uh, Christ. And I don't know what all those words mean. By which I mean the one word might mean something. What, chill out? Yeah. Chill, <laughs> like chill is that, like, is it cold? I don't. Anyway. We're just going to move past that because I, I, I don't want to know. Fair enough. And uh, let's see. This version, yeah, there's like piano chords are playing and like she's talking. Gushy's the vocal. Yeah. She says like, like, you'll get, get it. Get him, girl. Yeah. You're like, what? yeah. She says some like, she goes off script. She does at one point say, girl, script, yeah. the world in you depends. Make him understand, girl. But girl. like that's later. Girl. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like longer pauses in there, but. And, like, again, I thought it was weird at first, but then I remember that Jim Morrison does spoken, or did spoken word poetry yeah. kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, maybe this is, like, calling back to that. Yeah, so there is, there is a new spoken yeah. word <laughs> part um, that I forgot. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but. Yeah. It's the same, similar idea. Mm-hmm. There's, like, callbacks to the original lyrics, and I think all the original lyrics are still in this. Piece. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so we get the piano chords. Um, the piano near the end kind of starts to resemble the it's got original. The, like, ascent, it's got like a arpeggio. Yeah, it's doing I the I thought the it was doing its own style. thing for a while, Matt, when the yeah. pianos came. I mean, it's it's there, but it, it's, it feels like it's just, it's like just kind of soloing in its own thing. Riders. And it's all over. And it, it's, Riders. It's like its own, it, it literally, it, it leaves Riders. its own page. And it's, not, it's like, it's almost like as if it's... It's gone. It's doing its own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one. Of the, I think this is one of the ones that again I have to be like, why did this need to be Riders on the Storm? Couldn't you have just made this an original song? Yeah, it's definitely yes. an odd, an odd one. Yeah, uh, it, I... also it, it feels more like it's more like kind of chill synthesizer. Is it like chill out? Uh, it's, it, like, it's, like session, it's like session. It's like Ibiza sex to session. Did I copy <laughs> that down wrong? Does that make sense? Um, let me take a look. Session chill out because that's the only word out. I didn't capitalize, so I might have. She may have just made that one up. Made that, that up. Me? That might have been like me searching for right. sexta on Google. <laughs> no, that's amnesia. Ibiza sexta session chill out. Ah, look at that. Thought maybe I had the wrong window selected by various artists. Various artists like Gushy and Rafunk. Regardless, I wasn't such a big fan of this one. Yeah, yeah. this one. I mean, this didn't really speak to me that much. Yeah, but I was like, it didn't. I didn't think it was bad. It had kind of like it's still. I think all of them really kind of have an interesting feel, mm-hmm. and none of them are like straight dance covers. Yeah, or anything like that. 
And I think that's probably good because this would be weird as like a yeah, totally on the store. Like that would be strange. And and we we I don't think any of them do that. So that's good. Yes, this one and like it does try to keep some air of mystery to it, like the way she sings, and it's kind of put through like a radio processor kind of thing. Yeah, like it's it's got an interesting take on it for sure. It's not just a dance cover. I agree. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. You're agreeing thing. with me. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you agreeing with Man. me. Jesse, do you agree? I'm with both of you. You're with us on this? Nice. But I'm ultimately, glad we all I think, agree. especially because we're going to get into a lot more electronic ones in the later half here. Oh, yes. I think this one's kind of forgettable. Yes, I agreed. With that. With that. Let's, let's push forward into Santana, Chester Santana. Bennington, and Ray Manzarek. I didn't know Ray Manzarek was in this version. Yeah. He's the keys. I don't think you really hear him until almost the end of the song, isn't it? He's he's just there playing the keys. He's just there just playing the keys. And he's just holding it down like he does on the studio track. (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't think it's quite the same part. I think he's more playing chords as opposed to the actual part in some cases. But. Well, yeah, because this is this song is essentially just a shred fest for yeah, Santana. This is mostly yeah, Carlos Santana. I wasn't even. I know what it's trying to you know accomplish here, mm-hmm. but like I said before, it's um, it is just almost like putting on a, uh, like a backtracking on YouTube and then playing behind okay. it. Mm, um, yeah. Tone wise, too, of trying to pick that you know that kind of similar feel of the guitar didn't catch it for me. It's very soft, very popish. Yeah. How, how he played it. The... It's very Santana, oh, not stepping out yeah. of his shell. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could lead directly like... at any point from him shredding into Black Magic Woman, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what I was that's, always listening that's him. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... um, They do have some sound effects, and then there's, like, a squealing sound. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. him just playing guitar. Don't yeah. pop it, boys. Then, that's uh, how I say it. Don't don't pop it. It's kind of like Don't try anything to pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, but the rhythm on this one, it's mm-hmm. kind of Latin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tried to figure out exactly specifically what rhythm. Does he even know how to step out of that? I'm not sure because that mean, really is his wheelhouse. That, that is that, that is, is pretty like much his Latin thing, right? blues vibe. Yeah. yeah. Does he need to though? I think I guess not. Like he, again, he's technically Maybe because proficient. I was never, yeah. As a guitarist um, myself, I wasn't never really a fan of Santana. Yeah. But I understand him. I can say what he's what he's there for and what he's trying to yeah. accomplish. But it's not something that I would look for. I'm you not know? a huge Santana fan. No. Either. Um. But this version, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of. It's all right. Well, to me, it's like the live fucking jamming it out version. Like, this yes. is what we saw with Wild Thing versions of that way back when. <laughs> is that That's it, true. It would just be like, yeah. we're going to take this two-minute song, make it nine minutes. We're just going to fucking yeah. solo a noodle. And, <laughs> well, we didn't mention, like, well, we did mention, but we haven't talked about it yet. Chester Bennington is singing. Yeah, of Linkin uh, Park of fame. Of Linkin Park fame. And he does a decent job. The other thing that I kind of forget, that we didn't really bring up before, um is structurally in the maybe not structurally in the original when they're doing the i guess chorus it's like riders on the storm and then he pauses and then yeah it's kind of like almost a call and response thing right and then it's the guitar playing um and this is still that but the guitar part is replaced with just 
furious masturbation <laughs> of the guitar <laughs> by Carlos Santana. Yeah, yeah. Like, Riders on the Storm. Yeah. Like, all just, is... like, shredding. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's and what like, this song like, is. Chester Benjamin's got such this, like, soft ghost voice to him on this one. Oh, yeah? So it's such a, because he's just, it's like, it's kind of like uh, Magnus, but it's, like, a little more spooky. Mm-hmm. And less smooth jazz, more, like... Okay. Like he's doing singing. his thing, man. He's doing his thing, and like I think it works with this track. But then, yeah, you get that. It's like Riders on the Storm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? It's a self indulgence of Santana. Yeah, yeah and he's like blues. And like Chester Bennington does the you know thing. Riders yeah. on the Storm thing. I think he does a good job of that too. I, I think, think that was a good part. Yeah, I think he actually does like really good vocals yeah. on this. Yeah, and you're never gonna believe this, mm-hmm. but there's like multiple guitar solos. No. Yeah. Shut up. In this version. <laughs> so, I know. It's it's definitely has a Santana print all over it. Very Santana. Yeah, it's very Santana. I, yeah, it's, it definitely made it recognizably Santana. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I wonder if in doing that, it's like... Because you didn't make it like a unique Santana piece. It's a little, it's a little like, uh, what's the word? Self-indulgent? Yeah. It's totally self-indulgent. We might have already said that, but... Yes, hmm. but... I'll say it again then. Yeah. I think it's worth saying twice. <laughs> it's worth saying twice. So there's more than like one solo in this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Sweet memory will die on again. this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like there's there's def- there's some good work on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I'm sure it would be cool to see live. Oh, I yeah. probably wouldn't go to a Santana, Santana concert, concert. But if he came and just to play for this song, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like if I was at a place and he was there too One and he had a guitar and Ray Manzera came back from the dead and also Chester Bennington. Bennington. Yeah. Like I'd watch them play the song for sure. Just- Crawled out to their instruments and then played this one song just for Jim. And Jim's in the background watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Going, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I mean, we have access to necromancy, so we might as well just bring yeah. Jim Morrison back. Um, anything else to say about this one? No. Tem- maybe temporarily. I don't want him up for a second. Because <laughs> he just starts saying something. I'm like, no, fuck you, Jim. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Shut the fuck Damn. up, Jim. <laughs> Some people take solace in astrology, okay? <laughs> Astrology's back in a big way, Jim. Um, let's talk about Infected Mushroom in 2010. Into this world we're thrown. Like a dog without a bone and actor out alone. Riders on the storm. Please. From the album, I believe it's called the Legend of the Black Shawarma. Yeah, because yeah. they're an Israeli music duo yeah. from Israel. Yeah, Erez Eisen and Amit Duvdivani. Duvdivani? I don't speak Israeli. So yeah, about accents that. are hard. What do we think about this one? Um, What do we think about I this I am one? a fan this of Infected Mushroom. This one had Infected a lot mushroom. of arpeggios. I'm a big fan of Infected Mushroom. A lot of their work. Oh, yeah. This definitely has, like you say, like with Santana, this is an imprint of Santana. This one here has a great print on Infected. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like you literally, uh, you know, if you know this, like with that genre, you definitely would recognize them right away. They have that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, the energy is there. It's almost booming in your face, like in your face energy. But it's like it kind of comes in and then boom, here we are. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of how the song goes. It's, it's, uh, I enjoyed it. Sorry, did this one use a sample? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it yeah, did. Yeah, okay, yeah. This one. Um, I enjoyed this song particularly, but it doesn't like it's 
you know, it's it's it's, it's mushroom, man. It's yeah. <laughs> they weren't trying to imitate, you know, the energy of of the original or anything. They just no. took they took Jim, recorded him, and then added their own stuff on it. Yeah, and they play around even with Jim's and voice. They, they play around they with put the, on yeah. a robotic yeah. backup vocal That's at one neat. point. They kind of let him do like yeah, and then twist mm-hmm. it like mm-hmm. yeah. It's uh, and they kind of um. Like sometimes it feels a little more spaced out. Like they mm-hmm. yeah. moved the moved the timing around a bit. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting piece. It's definitely um, you want to jump up and down too, too, right? With this kind of um, a little more. Yeah, and a hell of a lot more. Yeah, there's a hell of a yeah. lot more energy. When the, the drum and the, when the, the drums and, yeah, and the main part in. comes in. Yeah, and the synthesizer. I mean, I, I like how they you know how they do how they snap their kind of sound. That it's almost undeniable that it's it's an, it's infected mushroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is like. I wanted to call it a little techno, but I don't really know, again, electric music genres that yeah. well. So I don't know if it's techno specifically, but it's definitely got that electric yes. uh, feeling. And uh, was there something else I wanted to say? I think there was. Shit. Oh, yeah. These guys performed in Vancouver last night. Oh, nice. <laughs> what yeah. are we doing here? <laughs> and we missed it. Yeah, fucking A. Um, are they, how are they heading this way? We know. Uh, no, they're like states after this, like oh, Vancouver, Toronto, and the states. Tease me like I know. This. I feel a little bad. That's uh, yeah. What I want to say about the really. sort of my ecstasy days. On this one. <laughs> I, I, I mean, my Christian days. Yeah. <laughs> Back when I was out there praising Jesus, who well, is I mean, Lord. I was, yeah, we covered in, in ecstasy. In, yeah, <laughs> yeah, ecstatic, religiously. <laughs> covered in Saturday neon night. lights all around <laughs> me in bright colors. That's right. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, the high energy in this one because there's still this sort of darkness that hangs mm, over this piece. It does feel still kind of sinister. Yes. It, it puts it does, like an yes. urgency into what is generally like a more atmospheric piece. Even though it kind of spaces the lyrics out a bit, yeah, the rhythm is still really fast. So yeah. yeah, I agree. There's there's that urgency. This That's one, a good way was, to describe it. I was worried I wasn't gonna like like any electronic versions. I think this one is a standout. Hmm. I I'm very impressed. I by enjoyed it. this one. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. Thought it was Anything else? No, unfortunately. Thumbs up. I to don't have a ton mushroom. written about this. Yeah, it's, again, it's always tough when I like a song. You've yeah. brought something. Yeah, I sometimes actually, you like, don't know write what else to. It. You like get into it and you're like, oh. Because like, I like wrote down, I was like, there's some arpeggios. They're ascending and now they're descending. But like, that doesn't mean that's much. That's not really say much yeah. at all except, hey. Well, they do have the like the raindrop piano. Yeah. As I'm yeah. It comes back. That. Well, and they can do a lot of like of the synthesizing stuff too, right? They can mm-hmm. probably do a lot of whatever they want, especially and now with modern technology. Yeah. Now yeah. that it's 2010, he's just like one guy. <laughs> modern age, it's just it's one man with a series of tapes. <laughs> it's just mushroom now. <laughs> um, let's talk about tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish Jim Morrison would have like illustrated his idea of these future concerts, because I, I imagine just like you know the big like original computers. With like some reel to reels on there. Yeah, which like really like was the original synthesizer yeah. from yeah. I guess that existed at the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what he's basing. Yeah, look how yeah. small yours is. Magnetic right? you carry it in one case. Yeah, really. Yeah. You know, you come over, it's just like yeah, it weighs eleven pounds. Oh, I think it weighs a few more than eleven Does it? pounds. It's still pretty I, I It's know, not that heavy though. It's not no, that heavy, no. Considering it's like, then, like it's like a wooden frame. To a fucking laptop. True, a laptop yeah. would be like any synthesizer. Massively. Yeah, let's talk about My Secret Island 2010. 
my secret. Uh, these guys are a Berlin rock band. A rock band from Berlin. My Secret Island. 2010, Alex. It's on the YouTube playlist. My Secret Island. YouTube playlist? Yeah, that's I only got the Snoop Town. It was a whole playlist. <laughs> did you, did did you, you get the one? whole playlist? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. I think. I believe I did. There's like three on there. So you missed the Simple Minds version yep. and, and the mashup? Yep. Should we take a hot break and you can figure this out? <laughs> Listen to My Secret My Island. My Secret Island version. The 2010 Berlin From 2010. Rock band. On shitty speakers. There's no on a rain dying, thunder in this version. On a no, dying not. tablet. It's his, uh, so it's like a hard rock version, this one. Yeah, as, as far yeah. as hard rock versions go, I'd say it's a little... Damn it. A little more interesting yeah, I than the they, Creed one. They did some interesting things on this. Um, unfortunately, I can't go into too much detail. They kind of do... But they uh, had a cool synthesizer sound at one point. Like right off the bat, because it starts out kind of low. And then it goes, bum, 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 and then drops back down again. You're like, oh, shit. We're on a roller coaster right Honestly, here. if I was, if we were going to do a cover of this song, yeah, I would try to lead more into this. Mm-hmm. This is kind of how I would do it based on how I play and the energy into this. This is kind of how I, would, I was leading towards if we ever did something of this nature. Yeah. It's, uh, they, they do really cool stuff on this one. They get yes, a couple of instrumental yes, breaks. Indeed. It's, uh, they got that, that really cool synth that happens, like, for just a second. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. So they're not really good at, they don't really want to repeat a certain thing either. They want to keep that, like, rather than have that, you know, again, again for another, for, you know, for another, or whatever, after the chorus, or mm-hmm. they want to just, like, show it that we have it, and then move on from it. Which yeah. I like that idea. You don't just linger on a certain um, trope or... Yeah, you don't rely too heavily on one hook or something One hook, yeah, exactly. So, move on. I think this song's got a lot of great energy in it. Mm -hmm. Lyrically, I think it's great. Um, I mean, like, vocally. Yeah. It's, once again, owning what you have and then doing what you can based on what what you're capable of. This is another example of owning the song for yourself. I think it's It definitely felt different. I didn't unfortunately get a huge, uh, great idea of the like mood. There's not the feeling. It's not spooky song. or anything. It's, like it's that. a lot faster because it's like a, it's like a hardcore version. It takes yes. some of the spookiness and just kind of is like in your face with it. It's, it's angry. It's the yes. haunted house version. Of this it's the haunted house version. Uh, yes. <laughs> I did like at the end there was they kind of like they got the bass line part on like the guitar playing. They're but there's also like a. Like there's a voice sound like and it sounds like those like voice like when you turn the like voice setting on a keyboard Yamaha voice sound whatever so like sounded like that I don't know it's probably someone actually doing it like these guys weren't afraid to fuck around and try different things on this and I think it pays off I think this is actually a version and especially because like the driving part is pretty basic and it sounds like kind of a basic hard rock but it's like it's almost surprising that it comes off as not a generic hard rock song and actually has a lot of life and character to it agreed little pirate-esque Little pirate I don't know. The co- mm-hmm. their their album cover had a, like a treasure chest on it. Yeah, so I uh, assume they're pirate guys. Fair enough. We're gonna move into uh, 2014 here. Simple minds. Simple minds. Simple minds. Oh, 
Simple Minds 2014. 2014. So, like, Simple Minds in 2014. That's wild for one yeah, thing. that's wild. Oh, the uh, Breakfast Club things, guys. Um, Riders on the Storm. Very, the, very, pretty synth heavy, I think. Yeah. Um, they they kind of come in without like without a lot of the instrumentation, and it's mostly like synth sounds. Doing, and then there's these like weird like sounds, mm-hmm. and like and then later on they start to play more of the instrumentation. Yeah, they get guitars that kind of come in in the background, and those guitars we were talking about the soft era have that. 80s tone to them yeah that's so specific like to i think particular simple minds on their hit song don't you forget about me that it's just like oh yes the simple minds song that i know it's weird to hear it and be like oh this was recorded in 2014 yeah just could have easily you could tell me this was recorded in the 80s and i'd buy it i'd believe it yeah well except maybe some of the rhythm stuff because it's it this is a pretty dance dancey version yeah definitely yeah, a dance drum um, beat yeah. and but they keep like it's got a pretty lo, like it's still got kind of an atmosphere Love music, about would you it say? something you probably something you might hear in a you know i cannot comment on what music is played in clubs quite frankly oh i'm asking i haven't gone in years yeah, okay. <laughs> well neither <laughs> have i like they play a lot more one popular stuff <laughs> Like a, a simple minds cover of <laughs> Riders on the Storm is not gonna make it. No, but I mean like, like just the, like the, the, kind the, of the generalization yeah, of like the idea of, of like it. you know like the idea of the sounds of like um, that. It is kind of dancey, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it may not be a popular Still song. Kind of sinister, so it, I could like dance that... to this in a sinister way, like yeah. like a thriller. Dance. In a sinister way. Well, yeah, like I I put this in my TV show, you know. Riders <laughs> on the Storm, Storm, Storm. And like, uh, yeah, that's the most cool. sinister dance you could think followed of. Followed by Snoop Dogg. Dance, yeah. <laughs> How many Halloween themed dances are there? Not a lot. Um, yeah, it's got a fast tempo to it. Like we said, it's dancey. Um, we talked about the guitars. What do you think about his voice? Sounds like. Don't you forget about don't it. Don't you? <laughs> right on the store with me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. He's got a deeper voice, which I think lends itself to this song. Um. I don't know, like, as much as this was, like, a, a totally good cover, it's kind of forgettable for me. Mm. I, nothing really, good like, attaches to Yeah, and I think, this was, I think this is live? Um, no, it's off an album. Oh, I don't never know mind. if it's necessarily live. Um, it's off the album, like, Big Music or something? Oh, uh, maybe not. Um, it'd be cool to see live. Yeah. But also, I would probably only see Simple Minds if they went to, like, the Coke stage or something. Right. So, for those who don't know, Calgary Stampede yearly slash annual same thing event in calgary yeah and there are free concerts at the coke stage if you pay for admission so it's so not really free i've seen like <laughs> yeah. lover boy and glass tiger there and yep like yeah that's the kind of show i would i would definitely want to go see at the coke stage yeah any other uh, hot takes on this cover not really no, yeah. I think I think your best word of saying it is quite forgettable. Yeah, it's something that uh, maybe I'm a little biased with the genre. Don't you forget, <laughs> forget about, about this version? Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't don't. The best don't. part of this song is just where you go to a party now and be like, oh, you know those guys who did "Don't You Forget About Me." They do Let's a cover of "Ride on the Storm," and all he also does yes. I wouldn't even make them dance yeah. to it. I would just tell them about Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Um, it's a song was, for conversation, but not when my wrist that keeps one. hitting the X. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, because we are going to move from this one into the mashup version, Rapture Riders. Riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. 
this house were born. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. All right. All right. What was this one called? Rapture Riders. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first time we've talked about a mashup yes. on uh, this podcast. So they take, for the most part, it's the instrumentals from... Uh, a Blondie song. Ra- Blondie song, Rapture. Rapture. That I did not know ahead of time. That's fair. And neither did I, honestly. And it's combined with Riders on the Storm vocals. And then and occasionally the... Blondie comes in and raps. And raps. Yeah, that is not something I knew Blondie did. Mm-hmm. Ever. Um, or what's her name? Deb, Debbie something? Blondie. Blondie. Right. Blondie. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, like what you mostly get is a kind of funky bass line and these chimes. Yeah. So like the, the instrumentation itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure the song is fine. Like it was catchy. Yeah. And it was danceable. Um, I don't know that they fit together. Like they, they were, they fit together. Yeah. I don't know if they like work together. I don't know if I said it was appropriate, but like it was fine. Like my ear said, hey, that's fine. Yeah. I think chimes work with the doors. <laughs> Your ears told you that's gives, okay. Yeah. Gives me the idea of spooky churches, you know? Yeah. No, that's definitely uh, the, the, the chimes work, especially like uh, it's kind of a chimey sound when they do the like raindrop thing. Yeah. So it kind of does tie in. And we do get original. some of those keys in this version as well. Yes, and we also get Blondie rapping. I, yeah. I, we cannot stress that enough. Oh, Blondie was rapping. I think it would have been stronger without the Blondie raps, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But then, what would you call it? <laughs> I mean, it'd still be the same because you got the instrumentals from that one, right? I think that would be a stronger mashup, but I'm not a mashup artist. I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'd almost say, like, I could almost see if Jim Morrison survived and the Doors stayed together into the 80s. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily them playing this song. My name's Jim like, Morrison, and I'm, I'm here, here to, to say. say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you think, you think Jim... I guess, I mean, he did spoken word. He's but, full of himself. He probably would have done but it. But, like, I could almost hear, like... Because Rayman Zarek's kind of, like, got a funky... Like, a lot of the time thing going on with... He's got doing the bass line or whatever. Yeah. He's got his, like, or various organs. So I could almost see them doing something kind of like this. In the 80s. Yeah. Um... Again, that's all speculation, and obviously they're like a decade at least removed from this kind of sound. But uh, if they had been around, I, I wouldn't be too surprised. Everyone kind of did this in the '80s, though. So. Yeah, it was. Jesse, what's your hot take on this mashup? I don't have much really on this mashup. It's uh, <laughs> it is what it is. It's made. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do agree that yeah, the, um, rapping into it was a little bit kind of off-putting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? It is a little odd. It's a it's a little odd. I didn't really ex- when I heard that when I was listening to it. I didn't and then it, and then I started rapping. I didn't uh, I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. And it, it is kind of a little off putting. Especially, I mean, that. you get that Jim Morrison, yeah, yeah. and then suddenly <laughs> rapping, but yeah. from Blondie, and it wasn't Snoop, wasn't no. Yeah, I think so. I think Snoop did better rapping. If we're gonna be honest. <laughs> I expected that though. <laughs> <I> expect- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that rap coming. Yeah, but I don't think the Blondie lyrics had anything to like relate to the. Or add, yeah, really, yeah. I, I can't comment on the lyrics. It was, it's purely them. like an auditory mashup rather than any yes. sort of extra layers of meaning. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would, I would tend to agree with that because, yeah, it definitely felt like that. Like, like I said, my ear said that's okay, but, but uh, in terms of <laughs> any greater meaning, <laughs> it's a little questionable. Yeah, let's talk about Eve's V and Robert Falcon, 2017. <laughs> Into 
Yeah, let's talk about that one. I barely. I mean, we've been recording for so long. I, know, I can hardly both, remember this song. They're both Belgian DJs. Um, according to Eve's self-edited Wikipedia page, he got 37 in some kind of top 50 DJ contest or something. And besides two other guys, that made him the first Belgian to crack the top 40. Oh, way to go. Wait, my favorite. What, besides two yeah, other besides guys? Besides two other guys. Well, why don't we count them? <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, he edited himself. He was like, I got to make myself sound like better. So besides the, guy, the two guys who did it before me, I'm the first one to do it. Why? Do, why do we could say he's the third. That's impressive that, that's enough. That's still impressive. Yeah. Jeez. So way to go. Yeah. So this is, uh, we get to a much more modern. There's like a kind of bass drop. Yes, yeah, so this is 2017. Yeah. yeah, 2017. Yeah, it's like not like a hard drop, but it definitely gets like, it's like, dorm, 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 dorm. And then like some more instruments come in. and But it's not like a. There's very little intro on this. This came in right away, didn't it? Yeah. It just like, it pretty much. Although then there's, but but it's all, the intro is like kind of. Almost there's an intro there's because it does no have that like into the lyrics right away. Yeah. Drop kind um, of. I don't know. It may not matter so much, but the video on this I actually really liked. It was, mm. Like it's almost like once again with um, what's her name? Um, Annabelle Lamb. Annabelle Lamb, where it's kind of like it's really highly visual and like when you see like killer on the road and stuff like that, right? You show like tarantulas and like rattlesnakes, you know, mm. and with the. With along with you know clips of like looks like the Hell's Angels driving in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Visually, I think it was pretty cool. Okay. Um, the song itself wasn't that bad either, but it's definitely another like it's another pump up. They didn't hesitate to really come in and you know start the song right away. Yeah, I just found that it was I don't know it was rushed, but it was definitely like a punchier, edgier. Yeah, certainly didn't waste time getting to it. Yeah, they didn't waste time at all. Yeah, and there's kind of there's a sound in this one that's like kind of percussive like it's almost mm. like a clicking sound yeah like they're like the the riff that's playing is like kind of sounds almost i don't know it's it's it sounds very percussive to me yeah i think i might have noted that Maybe and it comes not. in a couple times yeah this one is uh like with infected mushroom i felt like they worked they took the riders on the storm song and worked around it worked their magic around it but these guys just kind of like Took Jim's vocals, put it in. They're like, "Here's a dance track." Hey, dance yeah, dance track. that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, and there's some slapping bass in this one. Too, yeah, there's so some slapping cool. bass in it. Energy, it's it's, it's here. Mm-hmm. This. Um, oh, and he does the yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. yeah. It's there. It's there. <clears throat> um, yeah, this one. I don't know. It wasn't bad. It didn't impress me too much. My favorite part of this one was the end. When they do the like Casio drums outro, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. Because it, it happens a couple times. Then they do it at the end, and then it was like, is that is it over? Oh man, they actually did it. <laughs> it's like that video, the like, oh, uh, what is it? The guy who does the like, uh, it's like the YouTube joke video for it's like rejected song from the Ready Player One soundtrack. And he's just like, oh, listening to these, um, like, remember this and this and this. And Demi, then, uh... yeah, yeah. He also does a podcast called Punch Up the Jam, which and he just he just has like a he's just like a Casio or whatever, and the, he's playing like the beat on it, and he's like reading off his list, and then it, and then he just keeps him like. So yeah, the like the like closing fill from a I don't know if it's Casio or Yamaha or whatever, maybe both, but like a built like yeah, like a cheap digital like synthesizer thing. Yeah, yeah. Any final takes on this one? Not really. I kind of enjoyed it, I guess. All right. You know, um, it definitely has the energy that you're looking for, but 
when it comes to atmosphere, I think it's not you know it's it's still their own. It's danceable. It's danceable. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right, we're gonna I jump think, to our... I, I, really... I think we can press the outro button on this one. So we're gonna go to our final verdicts. We're gonna talk about which was the worst, which was the best, and which Jim Morrison would be most likely to enjoy. They roll in his grave. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Come back and haunt you and bite you in the face. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's start off with the worst. You're a guest, Jesse. Which is the worst version of Riders on the Storm? Oh, where do I start, man? <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Kennedy wasn't was something that I didn't really appreciate. Um, it just it didn't have. I don't know if it'd be the worst, but it'd be one of the ones that I would pick as you know on my bottom list. Yeah. Um. This is the orchestral symphony, Prague Symphony Orchestra version. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many names attached to that one. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, honestly, that was the worst for me, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Really? Just, was, was that one? Yeah, I didn't yeah. like it. In, Do it, you agree with me that yeah. that was, yeah, it just, it definitely just kind of flopped for me. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it just, it was just so blase. I don't know, it didn't really have anything to offer. Blase. Yeah. Um, I guess kudos for doing it, but that's something that I wouldn't look for. Yeah. Mine for me, I really didn't like the Creed version. It was just like very straight, and I didn't. There's kind of that a was my other it, choice. Like, it's a toss up between those two for me. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I just didn't fair. really like listening to it because I would like listen to the original and then the Creed version would come. I'm like, I just listen to this. What's it really going just sounded like yeah, someone cutting I, balls yeah, off. That one his Morrison without his balls didn't do it for mm. me. Was it like I mean. I, I'll say it again. When you take a cover, you're supposed to at least have some sort of stamp on it that's kind of like your own, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, we're Creed and we did a, a Doors song. And we wish we were the Doors. We wish like. we were the Doors <laughs> or something, yeah. But, I mean, at least Snoop Dogg did something different, right? Yeah. It is, and it's funny and it's <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of, it has a comical relief. Yeah, it's, it's, it has something to add to yeah. it. But this band really just tried to imitate an original without really putting in anything else to it. And it is just yeah. bland. Yeah. Let's talk about the best version. Yeah, let's talk about the best version. What do you got? I first, think Jesse? we know which one it is. Oh. Annabelle Lamb, I think it's to oh, me no. is the top. Oh no, is it gonna be all is three of us? Animus? Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna love that, the haircut, man. Oh my god, <laughs> the yeah. hair that version, anything else is the hair. <laughs> that version's like so up my alley. That, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I also really did enjoy the uh, the infected mushroom version. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That to me was like, it's got a lot of um, energy to it. And it may not have, you know, that kind of atmospheric take on the original. But I don't think they were trying to. Mm-hmm. I think it really is just taking something and making it infected mushroom style. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. And also, um, honorable mention for the Magnus Carlson. Version. Yes, we were talking. It kind of had that yeah, chaotic it's got feel. Some strong okay. notes, yeah. and that was a cool. Um, I'll, I'll a throw cool it in there. Yeah, I'd throw in uh, my Secret Island as another honorable mention. I right. think that was a great I, hard I would rock like version. to uh, give that another listen yes. because yeah, I think I will give that shot again as well. I missed mm-hmm. it in the preparation, so yeah, I think Annabelle Lamb, Lamb knocked it out of the fucking. Yeah, park. I think so. I think the first. I, one I know. I was looking her up, version. and I was like, "Does he have a lot of music?" And she doesn't. Yeah, because she had like you guys check out that video that she does. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, this thing is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So now let's talk. Let's got one more thing to add there. No. no. <laughs> let's talk about uh, which song we think Jim Morrison would like the most. Now, I've put some thought into this already. So I've I'll, put a I'll, little bit of thought I'll, into I'll this up. because I just heard it. Yeah, and I've been thinking, well, I think in terms of the quote I talked about earlier where he was like, oh, the next step, he kind of predicted sort of electronic music in a sense. Like producers 
and EDM. Yeah. So I think, like, in my mind, it's kind of a toss-up between, honestly, like, the Snoop Dogg version, <laughs> the, um, the uh, Infected Mushroom, and the Rapture Riders mashup. And I think, because... Jim Morrison was a horny bastard. Oh, that he would like the Rapture Riders because he'd be like, "Oh, I'm the, with, the mashup, I'm with Blondie." Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> "They made it so I'm with Blondie. The technology is incredible." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't he fucking? Oh, no, expose uh, himself on stage. Yeah, he did. Allegedly. I was thinking it's it's Hugh Hefner no, I think he who was... got himself buried beside Marilyn Convicted. Monroe. That I, I guess if you have money. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he died a horny bastard. He lived a horny bastard, bastard and he died, he died a horny, a horny bastard. bastard. But no, I don't think Jim did anything like that. He just fucking died and was buried in some graveyard in France, I think. Yeah, well, he died in France, so. Yeah. Um, I think the version he would like the most. Well, I think if he was alive in 2004. The Creed version? <laughs> when Snoop Dogg was recording his version that he would have been totally down to hang out with Snoop Dogg and I, smoke I weed in so the back too, of a car yeah. and recite poetry. I so be, I think I that pretty hilarious. <laughs> I think that would probably be his version of choice. <laughs> I mean there's also an argument to be made that he just is so in love with himself that the original would still be his favorite. Maybe. Maybe. I have no idea what the doors would have done no. in the seventies. <laughs> Or the 80s. Or uh, now. But he did have some issues that he probably would have had to work through yeah. to yeah. survive past, like, 30, even if he had survived past 27. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you're locking down with Snoop Dogg for being Jim Morrison's favorite version? I would I would say so. I think, yeah. it, I think it's a fun <laughs> little... That's a good choice. I think it's a fun song, and... <laughs> he likes highways. It's about likes cars. likes highways. It's about yeah. cars. Fast so... cars. <laughs> All right. So we got a bonus segment today, even though this episode's run on for 100 this years. This episode's so long. This, ep- this, this bonus segment's called Seeing Stars. And my question is, is if you... Met Jim Morrison. What would you want to do with or to him? Uh, <laughs> to <boy>. him. <laughs> hey, I'm just I mean... I'm leaving it open. Because <laughs> me personally, I'll start again because I've had time to think. I just fight him. I would get into a fist fight with Jim Morrison because one, I think I could kick his ass. Well, you're taller than him. I know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could kick his ass. He's probably fucked up. <laughs> I don't want to hear him talk. I don't want to hear what he has to say. You know? <laughs> I like him well enough. I like his well, music. You'd be a fan to listen to him, like you know, perform though. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. I, I, would, I, would, I would live. Just, yeah. Just don't think you could like spend time with. I don't him. think I could spend personal time with Jim Morrison. I don't think I would Morrison. either. Yeah. I think it'd be. It could be a a negative experience. <laughs> I think if if I was in a situation where I was spending time with Jim Morrison, one that would be wild. Um, but I think I would try to leverage it to actually just meet Rayman's Eric. <laughs> Instead, because like that, that's that's now, where my interests lie. Honestly, I think you would be cool to talk to. So I'm not a keyboard player, but I would agree with you. I think that would be a really interesting. Or even yeah. like the rest of the band. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one, they're probably all more coherent than Jim. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd smoke just, weed just with meet them. The other members of the Doors. That would be cool. Oh, yeah. Without Jim, don't invite Jim. <laughs> <laughs> just the rest of like, Yeah, Jim's and, still here, but like he's doing his own the, thing. Uh, and and their ghost uh, bass player, <laughs> he's gonna be there. <laughs> That's the other soul. That's the... <laughs> the other soul, right? Yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. All right. Well, that has been our show today. 
as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Jake the Cressy. Um, you can follow Alex at some Alex Wise Guy. It would be an interesting decision to follow me. Though. You can follow it me in the road be. if you see me. Yeah, if you see Jesse on the road, feel Thanks free to follow me, him. Thanks for having me, guys. Not no, too close. You. That's dangerous. Um, do you got anything to promote? Do you have your music up anywhere yet? Oh, man. I've been doing a bunch of other shit right now. I have it. I just got to get my uh, you know, get my ass moving. Right. And I will let you guys know as soon as this happens. I want you guys to be a part of it. Yep. And uh, thank you for having me a part of this. Absolutely. This a, this Love having you Thanks for coming on. It's yeah, always good to hang out. blast, guys. Thank talk. you. Yeah. Rate and review us. We're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, right. Google Play, you know, all those places. And as we always say on Cover Me, yeah.